0: Welcome back to Trending in Education, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. And on today's episode, we're talking about the pomp and circumstance of commencement. It is that time of year as we roll through college and high school, middle school, commencements, graduations throughout the land. We want to talk about commencement speeches, about the process, and uh, how many uh, great stories are out there via commencement speeches. As always, Mike and Brandon with me here. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I enjoy this time of year. It's a time to to think about the future and uh, whether it's just, you know, looking forward to the summer or more broadly thinking about graduations and, uh, you know, launching forth into new phases of people's lives. It's very much, uh, you know, uh, top of mind towards the end of May, beginning of June. Um, and, uh, and then it's a good time to think about inspiration, uh, which is generally what I think about when I think about, uh, commencement speeches. Uh, so I, uh, um, I'm happy we're, we're, uh, we're doing this as a topic. And I think this might become a nice, uh, like late May, early June tradition is to, to look at the commencement conversations that are happening. Uh, you know, Robert Smith's, um, uh, donation as part of his, uh, his commencement speech at Morehouse, uh, obviously, is what really makes this more zeitgeisty, more newsworthy, more broadly relevant uh, to the world of trends in education. But uh, but I just think this time of year might be a good time to reflect a little bit on great commencement speeches of the past, and then also think about what's commencing now and you know who's, who's speaking where, what are they saying, what themes are emerging. Um, it, it's good. It's uh you know, thoughtful, hopeful, and trying to inspire. I think it's a, it's a, it's a lofty,
0: lofty uh, set of goals. Brandon, how about yourself? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I feel the,
2: the, all the way that Mike feels, I feel that way too. Those ways too. Plus one. Um, plus one. Uh, yeah. Mike and I, we, we had talked about this uh, um, maybe last week or earlier this week. Um, at some point in the, the past from whenever you are listening to this, uh, but this is the time. Living in New York City, the the commencement days are really evident because, for especially, you know, the urban campuses of you know whether it's Fordham or you know one of the the CUNY schools, the City University of New York schools, uh, everybody's out in their caps and gowns, and it's like a subway car full of them, or you know, an entire city block full of uh, of those folks, and you know, at the, the Syracuses or wherever of the world, they're a little bit more isolated and they get into a big gymnasium. But uh, in New York City, like it's just out on the street. And I love those days. I mean, it's a, it's a reminder. I, I, I love my own um, post-secondary education experience. I, I remember fondly um, my commencement day, my graduation day. And uh, I do think it's, um, it's, a, it's a day full of hope, you know, time full of hope when you're sending off all of these uh, bright and eager young uh, minds um, to go out and do whatever they're going to do with their lives. I think that's a super um, hopeful moment. And you know, we, we cover a lot of stuff on this pod, which sometimes can get a little bleak. So I think it's uh, it's actually, it's really, it's really important for us to, um, to celebrate moments like uh, like the time that we're in right now. One, uh, one quick,
1: one quick note uh, just to, to, to break uh, light on uh, what Brandon just said, it is a wonderful time to be in New York, but when uh, commencement week overlaps with fleet week, you really feel underdressed. Like,
2: you're like, <laughs> oh my
1: God, I need to upgrade my dry cleaning game. Like, this whole situation. Uh, but anyway, I just. Th- just wanted, just wanted to get that in there. It's a
2: big city, Mike, and there's there's plenty of room for schlubby-looking, uh, schlubby-dressed folks too. So it's it's uh, it's not just for the for the nice. But the record,
1: dressed. let the record reflect. I'm not schlubbily dressed. <laughs> I was just saying it's tough to keep up with our our men our men and women of the naval services and people in caps and
0: gowns.
2: Yes, yeah, so re- the record shall that state is, it. So it is yeah. noted. Yes. You're, you're, lo- you're looking, uh, you're looking fine, Mike Palmer.
0: So it is noted. uh, The history of commencement speeches goes back to as long as commencements have been around. It used to be students more so speaking. Uh, Oratory was part of the learning experience, so they would show off their skills and uh, show that they learned different languages, Latin, Greek, whatever it might be. Uh, That dissipated over the years. More politicians would start speaking, uh, the president of the university. And now, Mike, you were mentioning we're in a little bit of a 30 or 40-year run of celebrity culture, still presidents and, and politicians appearing, but uh, some of the most inspiring and, and best commencement speeches have been from the likes of Conan O'Brien. Uh, you have Steve Jobs in the past. You have plenty of uh, big names that have done these uh, speeches. You mentioned inspiring and hope. Do you think that is the the crux of it all, that we're really looking for the the opening of the door to your future, whether graduate school or college or high school, and someone who can inspire and push these graduates to to really believe in what's next?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember gradu- my graduation, my my commencement well as well. And I remember thinking like, I'm not sure what's coming next. And uh, I think there's a lot of awareness of that anxiety in every commencement audience, regardless of how, uh, you know, selective or advanced or, you know, large and, you know, Everybody, everybody's here, uh, commuter schools, you know, it's all the same. I think people, uh, they've just accomplished something real that they'll carry with them for the rest of their lives, but they're not sure what of that will actually help them sort of pursue their hopes and dreams. So it's a very um, fraught time, and I think it's a time where people need to hear from uh, voices they trust, that, you know, a things are going to be okay, uh, and then b that here's something surprising that you should remember, that you should take with you along with this new degree and and uh, and sense of uh, accomplishment. And uh, it is interesting to watch. You know, I think we watched a handful of them uh, recently just to prepare for the show. It is interesting to understand how much is almost always in. commencement speech and then what where there might be a little bit of variability uh it is funny because you know we do talk about uh you know human computers and what could be automated it does feel like if you you know pumped all of the commencement speeches of the last 30 years into a commencement bot this they would come up with a i imagine you could probably come up with a pretty good speech um although you know, you mentioned Conan O'Brien, I think there are people who will continue to surprise with what they do, you know? And I think that's also why the Morehouse um, example, I, I think is really the one that uh, is inspirational to me on, on a few levels. Uh, the main one I think is just around like um, activism and like engagement, like he was doing something different And that's now triggering a more national conversation about Morehouse and the HBCUs on the one hand, uh, about really our student loan crisis uh, and the value of higher education in, uh, you know, sort of the futures of the lives of the rising generations. it's a very powerful uh, moment in time, I think, because these conversations are really bubbling up. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the show. Uh, at times, we are like, well, you know, education is really not really going to rise to the level of the national uh, consciousness. I think it's, I, I've been increasingly surprised how much it's accelerating into it. Uh, and, um, and I think a lot of it is around higher education, particularly, and how much it costs. And what is the economic impact and sort of the psychological uh sociological human impact to uh to young people um, and that's why the speeches are one thing, the actions are something else um, and I think that's why this uh this certainly captured uh my imagination, but I think it it sort of captured the like a broader imagination and uh you know, sadly, it's not enough to solve the problem, right. but it's enough to trigger a, hopefully a broader conversation with a very different um, benchmark uh, for uh, for commencements.
0: It's uh, a great video if you haven't seen it. Uh, the Morehouse uh, commencement speech, share it on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen it across social media platform. He also did a great job of challenging the alumni base uh, when doing it himself saying, hey, I'm doing this this year, but I'm looking to you all to, to continue this, to figure out a way to make this work moving forward, which I think to your point, Mike, spreads the conversation even more so and, and challenges individuals who may be able to do something like this. Uh, to help out, to to pay it forward for their education and what they have. Now, we can go through each of the the shared ones. We'll share out some of the, the best of all time. Uh, but Brandon, do you agree that there is certain storytelling to commencements that is sort of templated and the best ones are the ones that maybe deviate from that a little bit more for whether comedy or personal story or something that is uh, adverse in someone's life that really changes the dynamic of a commencement speech?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that there's uh, a lot of duck billed platitudes uh, in uh, in commencement speeches, and the ones that really land either are doing so because they are surprising, um, or because they put some you know some twist on. I guess maybe that's another way of saying surprise. But they it doesn't need to be surprising in a funny way. It can be surprising in a in a touching uh, way. Um, I think yeah, those, those I'm I'm sure are the best. I think that there's it's interesting as Mike was saying there's there's words and then there's action um, and the the Robert Smith um, uh, which I'm I'm not sure we've actually said on this pod uh, although I, if if you're anywhere on any social media platform you have seen you know what we're talking about but paying off the the student debt for all um, graduates from Morehouse for this year the words and actions, they are very different. Like there's, there's no, uh, Robert, Robert Smith could have given the most inspiring speech of all time. And, uh, one, one would uh, reckon that would have done less for those 398 or however many there were students than, um, than what his actions do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting when you, when, when we think about, um, some of the best of the, the the top five lists, et cetera, of commencement. Uh, you named a number from uh, a top five list that I've seen, uh, Dan. Uh, I, I would I would uh, I would add the George Marshall uh, Harvard commencement speech from 1947 in there, where he laid out what became the Marshall Plan. So mm-hmm. that's one mm-hmm. where you know I, uh, he was I think Secretary of State, maybe Secretary of Defense. He was Secretary Work. of something Work. then. Were you in attendance? I was, yes. I'm, uh, I'm proudly class of 47. Uh, I sound great. <laughs> you you know? do sound great. You Thank do. you. Um, but uh, uh, I've got my like, – I, I had in, uh, in my class was Amartya Sen, which is fine. Yeah, you know, it's great. I mean, he's an uh, economist on, stat, on faculty at Harvard. But, um, like, you know, you've got – Oprah was there in 2013. Like, why couldn't I have gotten Oprah? Roll of the uh, dice. I got Amartya Sen. Um, but uh, but no, I, I saw it was just the, the George Marshall example. I think commencement is a time when some, whether it's statesmen, statespeople, um, use the sort of bully pulpit of of the commencement address to actually talk about policy or um, you know, have uh, have something that, that is defining in some way more than just, you know, inspirational to the, the students, the graduates in attendance. So I think for your run of the mill, what makes a better on average speech, it's when it's either um, some version of more heartfelt, more surprising, but then what makes a truly transformational or transcendent speech is when some action is either taken in that speech uh, or is taken as a result of that speech.
1: hmm The other thing that I thought was really uh, shared in some of the ones that I liked this year, so I did see Oprah at Colorado College and uh, uh, Justice uh, Sotomayor at uh, Manhattan College um, was the call to action, like the call to civil, uh, not civil, but like just the call to service, you know, and the importance of giving something back uh, and, uh, and then, also the ability to deal with uh, disappointment and um, and failure, you know so it yep. does seem like there 's some commonality about that um, and it is a nice uh, it 's a nice time for advice you know like there 's only so many times in life you know as someone who recently got married and had uh had his first child there 's only so many times when people have the right or the opportunity or the privilege to just randomly give you advice and uh, as someone who's going through several of those <laughs> things back to back i do like seeing people at these sort of transition points because that's an opportunity for me someone who's on the other side right. to reflect back and uh you know provide a little bit of counsel um and uh you know the i think it is something about giving something back uh, being willing to sacrifice and um, and then having some sense of belief in yourself and uh, grit so that you learn from adversity even more than you learn from your successes. Um, so, you know, it does. And then uh, watching enough of these, you start thinking like, I might need to take a crack at my uh, commencement <laughs> yeah. game because like, it, it's it is like I've I've done a decent amount of homework so far, and I feel like if I keep working on it, maybe you know gets gets something together. I don't know, about, you know, what about uh, the oratory uh, as an art? You know, like this is uh, this is like dates back thousands right. thousands of years, and uh, increasingly oratory of this nature is becoming um, less and less prevalent. So it's a nice time to see. The level of attention needed to deliver at this high level for people who aren't politicians, you know, right. people who aren't running for office, for people who are really just trying to give back to a graduating class, um, it's a, it's a, it, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun format to think about, and it's something that, um, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd be interested in seeing more people work on this type of a format and then deliver it. I think it would actually be. Um, uh, refreshing you know like you you have to put some thought into writing your speech and then uh, you need to deliver it in a way that actually connects with your audience and uh, I think that's the other element beyond surprise is also the the delivery of the right. oratory itself like the pacing the the use of uh, the audience's response uh, you know the use of the the university president, uh, you know, Stinky Pete sitting behind you. Uh, you know, <laughs> Stinky Pete's all... got so many jobs. He gets around. But if you have not, if you haven't seen Conan O'Brien's uh, 2011 commencement speech from Dartmouth College, Dartmouth University, I guess, uh, we'll, we'll clean it up in post. It's uh, It's really fun. And it's a reminder of the, Rhetorical range that is in play in the 21st century at commencements Uh, And I would encourage more uh, More comedians to Lean into this format uh, as well Because I I don't know about you guys But like I went to college in Sarasota, Florida And we were sitting out there in May uh, By the bay It was beautiful But it was like You know 80 degrees and sunny Uh, The Sun was going down And it's like you could use a comedian just to kind of, you know what, you know, we, we were under a tent, so it was okay, but, uh, but it was a little warm and like, it's fun to be able to, you know, we've talked about the power of, uh, you know, joy and humor to learning. I do think a great commencement speech does get you to laugh and kind of feel connected in a different way. I, I kind of skew towards the funny commencements or at least places where there's jokes Uh, And if you haven't seen the Conan one, I I would uh, I would encourage you to go there because it's it's listed among the top 10 all, you know, of recent time of like the modern media era. Uh, So I I would definitely recommend checking that one out.
2: Yeah, if I could if I can just add. uh, So at um, for my graduation, there is there's class day right before commencement, which is uh, for the seniors and with, with, with fewer, fewer family members and, uh, you know, some less pomp and some less circumstance. Um, and you get a speaker and the, the class marshals, uh, the students are the ones who reach out for that speaker. And, um, I was a class marshal and one and our, our class day speaker was Conan O'Brien. So I, I was on stage with him. Uh, and I'll tell you the following things. He's very tall. He right? is. Yep. He is uh very, very um pale. Yes. So uh he had like he was wearing some uh some bronzer uh just so he didn't uh completely get washed out. And his uh his chin, the difference in, in skin color from his chin to his neck was uh was incredible uh, out there in the Canthabrigian sun. Um and very funny. And yeah, obviously he's uh he's an Alaman, so you know he had uh uh, more alumni specific uh, humor. Um, but I totally agree there. There's, um, it's easy to take oneself too seriously in life. And I think that in fact, moments like this, that's one of the risks is that, you know, it's, it's so sort of, um, uh, sort of dressed up in the circumstance of it that, uh, it's. It, I think it's refreshing to have someone with an authentic voice like Conan O'Brien, and this is like uh, not to to give away my age. This is like uh, circa uh, late '90s, uh, 2000 uh, era Conan. Um, so f- probably a different Conan than 2011 at Dartmouth, but uh, funny, raw, pretty raw, funny. Uh, I think it's it's actually really helpful to have someone like that infusing some humor into this moment sending you off into the rest of your life because by the way nobody knows what's gonna happen it's like that that's been one of my takeaways in the past, over the past 20 years uh it's, uh it's uh it's a it's a journey and uh with a lot of uncertainty so uh, totally agree watch the Dartmouth one uh and uh and and plus one mic to your calls to the uh,
0: comedians out there to to get in the game we will share out uh, the top fives that we have. I know Mike shared it a couple places as well. We'll share it via the training and education Twitter handle to make sure everybody can see what we've been talking about here on this episode and, and, take the Mike Palmer challenge, write your commencement speech, share it with us on, on Twitter, on Facebook, let us know what it looks like. Maybe record yourself and share it on Twitter uh, with what your commencement speech would be to one of these great universities or, or colleges in, in the United States or abroad. Thanks so much for listening as always to training and education. You can find us on Twitter at training and ed same on Facebook, trendingineducation.com We're with you every Tuesday morning with brand new episodes covering the world of learning and education. If there's a topic out there you want us to tackle, feel free to reach out to us as well. With that said, thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education.